Death by Inches, a story in the 2021 Denver Broncos season as the team drops to 7-8 and eight following a road loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, getting swept by the Raiders in consecutive seasons in a row. What happened with the Broncos offense? Where did the defense go wrong? And what is the outlook ahead with two games remaining? We go over that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. I cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. My co-host, Sarah Bender, he's out for today's episode of the show. We look forward to welcoming him back tomorrow and the rest of the week here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Lockdown Broncos is available everywhere, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Not to mention, you can subscribe to us and watch us here on the YouTube channel. Channel, so hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action of all things Denver Broncos related. Thank you, Broncos country, for making us your first listen of the day. Where do we even begin, Broncos country? I feel like this is going to turn into a therapy session on today's episode of the show. The Broncos dropped a 7-8 and eight on the season, and collectively, even though it's not official, I think we can all sit here and agree that the Broncos season is over for the most part. The playoff aspirations that the team had out the window. Too many missed opportunities once again, and I feel like We've said that so many times with this Broncos team this season. We talk about it on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos. First off, let's start off on the offensive side of the ball. On today's episode of the show, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about the defense, what they were able to do, and why the offense was unable to capitalize, and where's the direction of this team heading with just two games left in the NFL regular season. Obviously, a lot of bittersweet stuff here. Disappointing, demoralizing some of the words that have been sent in to me by Broncos country following this loss here. But the Broncos offensive line, in a game where they needed to step up the most for this team to have a chance to compete down the stretch and maybe secure a playoff spot coming into this matchup, they laid an egg against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, coming into this game, the Broncos had a top 10, top 12 rushing offense in the NFL. And a lot of that predicated off of the offensive line's ability and how well they've been playing for the most part this season in those departments. However, coming into this game, no Lloyd Cushenberry. Austin Schlotman had to step in for him as Cushenberry was placed in COVID protocols earlier on in the week and was ruled out of this game. That wasn't much of an impact, though, in terms of the outcome here because the Raiders, they came out. And in this matchup, ladies and gentlemen, if you were to tell me before, hand that the Broncos with one of the top ranked rushing offenses going against one of the NFL's bottom ranked rushing defenses it would almost reverse it like some freaky Friday experiment gone wrong I would have said no that was not going to be the case here but the Broncos unfortunately in this game Melvin Gordon Javante Williams such a dynamic duo that we have seen throughout this season they combined for 14 total carries apiece seven carries between the two of them and then eight yards Eight yards, ladies and gentlemen, that right there in combination, not ideal and obviously a big contributing factor in the Broncos loss on the road to this Las Vegas Raiders team. And so many of these plays, I think, set up in terms of playing predictability. The Las Vegas Raiders defense came out and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to stop the run. We're going to force you to throw the ball. And that's exactly what the Raiders defense did. And look, hats off to Max Crosby, Yannick and Gakwe. Those guys were forces off the edge against this Broncos team, but the offensive line, 
laid an absolute egg against the Raiders. Like I said, going back, when you have a, a total of eight yards on 14 carries between your two best backs, you know, arguably one of the best dynamic one-two punches in the NFL, there's something wrong there. That's a major red flag here. And obviously, it's the major contributing factor into the Broncos' loss here today. Despite a solid day from Drew Locke, who coming into this matchup, the expectation by the organization put on him protect the football, and don't give it away. I mean, that's exactly what Drew Locke did. He came in, he protected the football for the most part. He gave the Broncos an element to throw the ball downfield, and just the supporting cast around him at times did not step up when needed to. He had a couple of good throws. He had some moments that he would like back, and obviously moments where he could have improved and may, or maybe even made a better decision in this game. But Drew Locke played well enough that it didn't hurt the Broncos in terms of them being able to, to lose the game. He did not play a big role in the, in the reason why they lost in this match. Matchup. But I I want to say here, Broncos country, I think we've all been in agreement. Look, the Broncos don't have their future quarterback on the roster, but can we all sit here for a moment and just acknowledge that it did look nice to see the Broncos actually have the ability to throw the football downfield in this game. That's one note I wanted to touch on here, but obviously not good enough as the Broncos lose 17 to 13 on the road. Too many missed opportunities. We go back to the lack of the running game here. Well, you know what that does too, especially when you're on first down and you go backwards three yards consistently. That's an issue because it sets up a second along. And then you have penalties on top of that, which the Broncos just committed too many penalties in this game to really have something to come back and sustain success. But when you have those negative plays on first down and you have predictable play calling on second down, you know what that leads to? It leads to third and longs, third and mediums for the most part. And that's not an area where the Broncos had success. They had a 10% conversion efficiency on third down. They were one of 10 on third down. And look, ladies and gentlemen, I think we can sit here and look at this offensive product. Look, we've seen Teddy Bridgewater. We've seen Drew Lockett quarterback. And I don't want to put all the blame on the quarterbacks because I think that when we go back collectively at the entire season, a lot of this is on Pat Shermer, his scheme, his play calling. When the common denominator is the fact that you just can't be a good third down team, that is a huge issue from where the Broncos are at. And a lot of people are bagging on the wide receivers, but here's the deal. When it is a third and nine player, a third and 10, and the route concepts that you're dialing up as a play caller, run the wide receivers. You you run one guy vertically where he's covered by the safety and an underneath linebacker, and the rest of your routes are literally short and outside, nine yards on a 10-yard like When you need 10 10 yards they're running you at eight to seven that's not on the quarterback ladies and gentlemen that's not on the wide receivers that's on the play caller that's on his scheme in general and really that was just a frustrating part of this but when the Broncos had opportunities to pass the football they gave up a couple of big sacks one in the first half and then one in the second half Drew Locke was sacked twice and it was just due to the offensive line getting demolished you had one-on-one situations with Yannick Ngakwe against Garrett Bowles you had Max Crosby in one-on-one situations with Bobby Massey those guys disappointed. But more importantly, Dalton Reisner, in my opinion, just on the first broadcast here, and I don't want to ever come on here and, and just overly critique a player. Look, because that's not how I am. I'm not going to bash a player. I'm going to say, look, this is what I saw, and I'm always open to be proven wrong. And this is just based on my first watch through. I got to get the all 22, and I got to go back. But initially on that watch through of the game broadcast, it looked like Dalton Reisner really struggled. And he has struggled with consistency all throughout this season. There are a couple pull plays where he just simply could not kick out Max Crosby or another guy. He missed his guy on polling plays. And those had opportunities to maybe be bigger plays if he hits that block, if he hits the kick out guy there. So 
That's an evident area of concern. The Broncos' interior, Quinn Miner struggled in pass protection. Austin Schlottman uh, struggled in pass protection. And same with Dalton Reiser. And the Broncos' tackles, they struggled in one-on-one situations as well. So the offensive line, plain and simple, in this game, did not play good enough to put the Broncos in a position to win. And the coaching, unfortunately, didn't help them as well. But, ladies and gentlemen, Broncos country, the defense, they played well for the most part until the second half. What went wrong? Where did everything go downhill for this team? We talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that. Let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Post Game Report. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and they're easy to chew. But ladies and gentlemen, they're also healthy for you. Like I mentioned, the healthiest protein bar that's out there on the market today. Built Bar contains nine amazing flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor that you can check out at Built.com here today to see which limited flavor they have available. Or you can get yourself double chocolate. You can get yourself peanut butter brownie. That's my personal personal favorite at built.com. And if you need extra fuel to get through your day, built bar has you covered because each bar contains 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. So I'd like you and your family to try a box of built bar today, figure out a flavor that you love the most and try it by going to built.com. And when you go to checkout, you can get 15% off your next order by using promo code locked 15. That's one word locked 15. Once again, promo code locked 15 gets you 15% off at built.com. What happened to the Denver Broncos defense in the second half against the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, a snowball effect, as we like to say here in the sports world. And ladies and gentlemen, before we get in, I just want to say thank you once again for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Both Sarah Bettinger and myself, we have you covered every single day, all year long with all things Denver Broncos news, content coverage, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and here on YouTube where you can watch us. Hit that subscribe button, like the video here on YouTube for the algorithm. We appreciate your support for continuously watching and tuning in and interacting with us here in the YouTube comment section or on Twitter. It means the world to both Sarah and myself. But Broncos country, let's talk about the defense here because in this matchup, before we even got into the game, we had talked about it all week. Vic Fangio has struggled in particular against the Las Vegas Raiders. His scheme, for some reason, is easy to attack. And Derek Carr, coming into this matchup, we were anticipating that we were going to see Brian Edwards Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones is the primary pass-catching targets here. But coming into game day, Brian Edwards was ruled out due to testing positive for COVID. So he went on the COVID reserve list. So that left Deshaun Jackson, Zay Jones, and Hunter Renfro, and Foster Moreau as the primary pass-catching targets here for Derek Carr. And Derek Carr didn't necessarily gash the Broncos through the air. However, in the times where he converted or had plays downfield, the Broncos were predominantly playing some man coverage. They were playing off-coverage in combination. And there were a couple times where they got too aggressive and they got bit for a bigger play and that was the defining play at the end of the game here for the Broncos it was a third and two play and Derek Carr rolls out to his right and just tosses one up to Foster Moreau because the Broncos are playing heavy against the run Moreau leaked out and got behind the Broncos defense and unfortunately that's what sealed the game here for the Raiders to win 17 to 13 and sweep the Denver Broncos for the second consecutive season but you can't entirely pin this loss on the Broncos defense they hold their majority share here particularly in the second half but when you come into this game if you would have told me at the end of the day let's just say we're looking at the box score let's say we don't even know what the score is of this game and you see that the Broncos forced three turnovers defensively and they lose this game I would have said you're crazy because ideally the philosophy if you win the turnover margin by plus three usually that means you're going to win the game what was the difference in this game the Broncos had a plus three turnover margin 
They could not run the football well, and they just simply couldn't convert on third down. That right there speaks to an offense that can't capitalize when the defense gets the ball back for them. There was one instance in this game where the Broncos defense came up in a big way, and that was right before halftime. Bradley Chubb made a fantastic elite play on Derek Carr. It was a screen play. He jumped up, tipped it up, and intercepted it, ran it all the way down to the one-yard line, got tackled, and then Javante punched it in from one yard out. That would give the Broncos the lead going into halftime. So you get the lead. You get the momentum. So you know what? The Broncos defense, they're fired up right right before halftime. And then all of a sudden, you come out in the second half, the Broncos on you know defensive side of the ball here, and they cannot stop the Raiders' rushing attack between Peyton Barber and Josh Jacobs. On that drive alone, to open up the second half, the Broncos allowed 62 yards rushing on that drive alone, capped off by a Peyton Barber touchdown run. That right there spoke to a bigger issue about this game for the Broncos have been struggling, I think, a majority all season long in terms of consistency. And that's on the defensive interior and linebacker against the run. And this was a game where, look, you had Baron Browning, Jonas Griffith. And don't get me wrong, Jonas Griffith made several plays in this game, especially against the run where he just flashed off the screen. But however, they didn't get enough contribution from Baron Browning in this matchup, and they didn't get a lot of help too. The linebackers didn't from the interior defensive line. The interior, guys like Mike Purcell, Shamar Steven, and even Deshaun Williams, those guys struggled at times with consistency because what happened happens is when those guys are lined up in a one tech, a two eye or a three, often at times somebody is double teaming them. When the Raiders go with that heavy personnel the way that they have been, that was an evident issue because they're going to double team initially on the guy that's closest. That's the one tech. And then they're going to work their way up to the inside linebacker. And often at times the Broncos linebackers couldn't get there because they were getting sealed off by the guy getting up to the next level. So that means that the Broncos interior defensive linemen were not winning some of their one-on-one situations or some of their initial steps where they have to close that gap down, whether it be the A gap, whether it be the B gap, you allow your linebacker to read off that and fill. And unfortunately the linebackers weren't able to fill effectively. They're getting sealed out and washed out Unfortunately, when Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson have to come up and, and tackle and be those last line of defense guys, and you're already allowing eight yards on first down play, that's not ideal because then you have a second and two. And then if you don't get that, you have maybe at, at worst a third and one situation. And unfortunately, the Broncos couldn't get enough stops and they allowed over 160 yards on the ground to the Las Vegas Raiders here. That's frustrating in and of itself. So despite the fact that they forced three turnovers and get the ball back and obviously get Derek Carr and several sacks, Shelby Harris had a huge game. Stephen Weatherly came up big. The biggest thing is that the Broncos defense couldn't stop the run. They could not also get off the field on third down. The Raiders went 6 of 12 on third down. They converted on 50% of their attempts, and they were also 2 for 2 inside the red zone. And coming into this matchup, they were dead last, 32nd in the NFL in terms of red zone conversion percentage. And unfortunately, they were 100% against the Broncos here. So not to mention all those factors, the Raiders, they controlled the time of possession, 36 minutes and 37 seconds in comparison to Denver's 23 minutes. So that's telling you that even though the Broncos defense got the ball back three times here for this Broncos offense, the offense was going off the field really quick. Their drives were not sustained long enough, and they weren't able to capitalize. And a lot of that was the timidness of the coaching staff and the execution by the offensive line, by quarterback, and also by the running back. It was a collective effort here in this Broncos loss on the road at Allegiant Stadium. Very frustrating, I think, for Broncos country. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I was frustrated watching it, and I feel for Broncos country. This was a moment and an opportunity, a big moment where this team could have risen to the occasion 
Essentially, you win, you keep your chances going to the playoffs alive, especially with some of the other teams that had lost on Sunday or early on in the week. Now you find yourselves at the bottom and you're essentially out of the playoff contention mix here. The season is essentially over in terms of what you have to play for. But there is this thing that we still have to play for, ladies and gentlemen. And I think that the players believe in that as well, which I'm, I'm glad it, it goes to the locker room, it goes to the mentality of the leaders that the Broncos do have there. They still have a lot of pride to play for here. And while I know that Broncos fans are really frustrated at the losses, don't be entirely too mad at the players. Yes, they have their role in, in terms of having to execute and carry things over, but it's also on the coaching staff to put them in a position to succeed. And unfortunately, they haven't done that consistently enough. And that is the story here of this Broncos football team. And we're going to go back and we're going to reflect what's ahead here in these final two games remaining for this Denver Broncos team. And we look back at when Vic Fangio started off as head coach for the Denver Broncos. He had a famous mantra, but that mantra has now turned into a little bit of a haunting factor for him as it is now applied to the 2021 season. Death by inches. We talk about that coming up here in just a moment ladies and gentlemen but before we do that let me tell you about the other sponsor today's episode lockdown broncos that is our good friends over there at betonline.ag and betonline has you covered this holiday season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and pro football playoffs coming up and betonline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent Welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on for your first deposit to be able to get that bonus here today from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season and heading into 2022, ladies and gentlemen. BetOnline is also the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available today. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as we jump into the fourth quarter episode on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Lockdown Broncos, making us your first listen of the day. Both Sarah Bettinger and myself, we appreciate you, Broncos country, for your avid support through the wins, through the losses. We have you covered every single day, all year long, because there is no offseason for the true fan. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go back and play a little bit of a history lesson here for this Broncos football team, dating back to 2019. The Broncos in 2018 going through some ups and downs with Vance Joseph as their head coach, and evidently there was a needed change that the organization had to make. And they go out and they get Vic Fangio, who has just coached up a very fantastic and historic Chicago Bears defense at the time, and the Broncos needed a little bit more discipline. They needed a coach who could come in and instill a really good culture. Unfortunately, coming into that, his one press conference as an introductory head coach, he said death by inches is something we want to avoid. And these are the little things that pile up, that come back, that can turn into losses. We also call it the witching hour. Like If you watch Red Zone, you hear this is where wins become losses and losses become wins for some teams. Death by inches has summarized the 2021 season for this Denver Broncos team. When you look back at it, just the irony overall as the mantra to avoid has become the mantra that has applied to this football team that has so much talent. Broncos country, one thing that stands out to me is when I look at this roster, and I think that everybody, look, let's be level-headed about this. I think when you look at this roster, it's a playoff roster. The only thing that's really missing for the Broncos is something solidified at the quarterback position. Outside of that, you have a whole bunch of other things, a lot of contingency, some changes on the offensive line, some young guys. And I think a lot of it is really relative to scheme as to where this Broncos football team is really struggling. And that's always going to be when we look back on it. And Vic Fangio's tenure as the Broncos head coach is really going to be the fact that it didn't seem like he had trust in some of his coaches, didn't seem like he has trust in some of his players. 
which is very frustrating. You make the bold move to fire a young first-year offensive coordinator after your first season as head coach and where your rookie quarterback took your team to a 4-1 record to end the season after Joe Flacco could really do nothing with the Broncos' offense in general. You have a lot of talent there, a lot of potential. And then you just go through here in 2021. You just look at all the talent that this team has, all the missed opportunities, the games where you lost by a few points. Go back to the Steelers game, a game that the Broncos ideally, if they played to the expectation of what we've seen and consistently, they should have won that game. They should have won the Cleveland Browns game initially. There's just so many missed opportunities at the Philadelphia Eagles game. You missed that opportunity and you also missed out on the Cincinnati Bengals game last week. Too many missed opportunities by this Broncos football team. And it's sad enough that we've had, I felt like we've said this a million times on this podcast, missed opportunity. And when that has become the consistent trend, something is wrong. You're not headed in the right direction. And unfortunately, despite the fact that the Broncos defense for the most part has been playing really well under Vic Fangio, unfortunately, the team as a general whole has not been playing consistently well enough. And that is where George Payton's going to have a very, very tough decision to make. And there's two games remaining. Can Broncos fans expect any moves to happen in terms of the coaching staff? At this point, Broncos country, I know that there's a good portion of the fan base that wants something to happen. It's not going to be the likely case in this situation because it doesn't change anything. Making a move now does not change the tide of your season. It doesn't change the outcome of maybe where you're going because if you're out, guess what? You're out. There's no meaning. There's no value to being out right now. So the Broncos more than likely going to finish the season with the staff and more than likely on Black Monday, which is coming up here in just a few weeks, there will be wholesale changes to this Broncos coaching staff more than likely based on the end result of today's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Unfortunate as it may be, change is coming. But you know what? I have a lot of trust in George Payton. I say as a media member, and I don't say this. Look, I'm not paid by the Broncos. I, I'm not told what to say by the Broncos. I do believe just based on my own studying and what I've known about George Payton, the, the people I've spoken to, I believe that he will have this team on the right track because this is not the standard that he wants for the team in his tenure as a general manager. He's not going to let it fly, and there's going to be some tough decisions that he has to make. And ultimately, I think that he's proven enough to, I think, Broncos fans, I think to, to media members that, hey, he does have a plan and he's going to find a way to execute it. Remember, he's going to be aggressive, but not reckless. And I think that's been something that the Broncos coaching staff needs to accompany and they haven't done so. I, I'd love for them to be a lot more aggressive, but not reckless, but they play it too safe. And unfortunately, you can't play it too safe in the NFL. And it goes back to the fact that it just appears that this coaching staff lacks a lot of trust in their team and they're unwilling to have a sense of urgency. And I can date back to several instances and Broncos country will agree with me. The end of the end of the first half in many games a season, just the lack of urgency. You have three timeouts remaining, a minute and 50 on average on the clock and the Broncos have the ball. They make a play, but there's no urgency getting up and trying to go up tempo. There's none of that. And the Broncos coaching staff seemingly wants to just play for the field goal. Just very frustrating. And in the NFL, that's something that can cost you your job. And unfortunately, I think it will cost Vic Fangio his job here at the end of the season. But more importantly, changes are coming, Broncos country. This is not fun to watch the team that has so much talent underperform and not be able to execute. And George Payton feels the same way. More than likely, I'm not going to speak for him, but I imagine him as the GM, this does not sit well with him seeing how the team has lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, getting swept for the second consecutive season in a row. George Payton, I think he's going to do whatever he can to go out there and make moves for Broncos country. So while it doesn't provide us any comfort right now, Broncos country, in terms of where the team is at, 
hopefully it can provide you comfort for tomorrow and the days ahead for this Broncos football team. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode Locked on Broncos. That will do it for today's episode of the show. Tomorrow's episode, we'll have a mailbag. So send in your mailbag questions. Both Sarah Bettinger and myself will answer it. We'll break it down. We'll share our thoughts this week as the Denver Broncos now shift their sights to the Los Angeles Chargers. We have you covered here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts also on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button and tune in every single day. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.